Good morning and welcome. I invite everyone at this time to please stand as you are able and turn to page or to hymn 450. Let us join in singing hymn 450 found in the blue hymnal.
service of Rite to Holy Eucharist begins on the front page of our service booklet or on page 355 of the prayer book. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to that place where our Savior Christ has gone before who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the apostles had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, 
will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting, themse devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. The second reading is from the first letter of Peter. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. 
but rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith. For you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn 483. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may be glorified in you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him 
And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them. And know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We come today, as we do each Sunday, tired and weary from being in the world. We come bearing the burdens of our life, whether it be grief or physical ailment, we bring our achy joints, our sore backs, and we bring with us the dysfunction of our families and the hurt, and we come here to seek solace. and we think about our own personal suffering. And if we've noticed today, in today's reading from 1 Peter, we heard the word suffering quite a bit. Actually, at least three times, if not more. And on some level, that may give us solace that he has brought the concept of suffering, I'd prefer to say for us, struggling, in line with Christ's suffering and crucifixion. But before we go to what Peter is actually talking about, let us talk about that suffering that we bring with us, those struggles of our own physical ailments and mortality, the strife within our lives, and all that wears us down in the world, because I know many of us have heard from those who are trying to be comforting that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. There's a problem with that phrase because there is an assumption within that phrase which is untrue. The assumption that somehow God is responsible for our own 
suffering and struggles on this earth. But somehow our actions may deserve what we have received. And somehow that is incongruent with a God who sent his only beloved child to die on a cross on our behalf so that we might have life. In reality, our own physical struggles, our own daily strife is not that directed to us from God, but a result of a fallible and sinful world. It is truly of the devil, of an imperfect world that leads to our strife and our struggles on this planet. And in the comfort of our faith, as we look for where is God in this, the answer is always the same. God is with us. God is our constant companion in this. God grieves with us. Each and every time I go to anoint somebody with the sacrament of healing, The words that I always say is just as you are marked by Christ and the Holy Spirit in baptism, I so anoint you today as a reminder of the healing power of God working within you. And as a reminder of God's constant companionship through these times of trial, turmoil, and perhaps even loneliness. That is the comfort in our life and daily struggles and in our sickness and in our caring for others that we are not alone. In today's letter from Peter, however, he addresses a different struggle, a different suffering as he speaks to a church that is being persecuted. A church that has grown weary, that is ready perhaps to give in or throw in the towel because the world around them does not support and actually works against them being Christian. In earlier chapters of Peter's letter, he talks to them directly and says to them, be and live your life without reproach. Lead an exemplary life so they have nothing to use against you because just by the mere fact that you have chosen to follow Christ, you will be persecuted. It is that cultural persecution at the time of Rome that Peter is speaking to, that Peter is offering encouragement and support to the church to whom he writes. It is a church in which a woman who has come to Christ without her husband could possibly be disgraced. It is a church in which a slave, if for no other reason but simply because he has chosen to follow Christ, can be punished and persecuted. 
It is a church where one can be ostracized in their community simply for proclaiming the name of Christ. It is to that weary and brow-beaten church that Peter says, just like Paul, stand fast, stand firm. These sufferings are but for a short time. And ultimately, then, keep your eye on the prize, which is we will hear from Paul if we can stay, stay fast and steady through the race. At the end, we reach and receive that victor's crown of glory with Christ. And while many of us can turn around and say, gee, I'm glad we live today. We live in a country where we are free to worship. The fact is the matter, as I have thought about this morning's reading from Peter, I realize that the church that we signed up for in our youth and were brought into is not the church we are part of today. How many of you sitting in the pews are old enough to remember a time when there's something called blue laws? I see a handful go up. Now, if I remember correctly, because there are blue laws where I was growing up in Texas, and basically, in Dallas at any rate, the blue laws were very clear. Liquor stores could not be open on Sundays. Blue laws limited what form of commerce could take place on Sunday mornings, basically just the essentials. The laws, the culture, the schedule was worked in such a way that coming to church on Sunday morning was just part and parcel of the way of life in that community. There was no impediment to worshiping on Sunday morning except for our own laziness. But that has all changed. The blue laws are no longer. Commerce is open just about 24 hours a day, especially if you go to Walmart or any big box store. As one person said to me recently, if, you want, if you're going to go to church, you have to be intentional about it. And yes, being a Christian today, being part of the community on Sunday morning, is not easy. There are more roadblocks than I can count. And we are now coming into a world where although the laws support our right to worship, it is a world that is hostile to our actually being able to gather on Sunday morning. The cheap grace which we were afforded 40, 50, 60 years ago is no longer. And as Drake likes to say, to be a Christian in today's world comes at a cost. And sometimes that cost is small, and sometimes that cost is great. Talk to any parent with young children, and you will hear of their struggle, their desire to raise their children with some sort of spiritual upbringing and part of this community, and yet a sense of obligation from the culture that says, 
They must be part of organized sports or agonized activity. It's almost child abuse not to let them play certain sports or be part of organized um, activities, all of which take place on Sunday morning. One, as a parent, to raise their children in the church must be willing and able to stand up and on some level face the ostracism for their child if they're not part of that activity or reality. How many of us have dealt with what we now call microaggression? Little things that are small, innocent, but annoying and kind of let you know that you are not part of the majority. Microaggressions, like in this community, that holds road races on Sunday mornings and innocently impedes our ability to gather. Microaggression within our families who are not part of communities of faith, who regularly schedule gatherings on Sunday morning because that's when everyone else can gather. Our faith, our life together now comes at a cost. To follow Christ and proclaim the gospel comes at a cost. It comes, I'm not going to say with suffering, because I think it's a little bit hyperbolous, but with struggles that many of us didn't sign up for. And so as weary as we are from just the life of this world, the effort that it takes just to be here on Sunday morning may often feel not even worth it. St. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, tells Timothy of his impending death and that he is ready for his execution. And then after it, he lists names of those who had been active within the community, who no longer could hold the load, could stay steadfast, and had turned their backs on Christ and the church. He doesn't say it with contempt, but you can hear the grief in his writing. It is hard to stand up for Christ. It is hard work to be part of a community. But if we keep our eye on the prize, as they like to say, focus in on what our goal is, and what the reward and benefit for our work and labor and endurance is, what we find, as Peter says, and as Paul will also say, it is far greater than the short time of struggle that we have. For that benefit which we seek and are called to is that of oneness with God, that of everlasting life, and our labors on this earth are about one thing and one thing only, that for which we wait, that for which we hope. That is the kingdom itself. 
a world and a time when evil will be fully defeated and all will join in the light of Christ with one voice to praise God the Almighty and to celebrate that love among us. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, begotten not made. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead in the light of the world to come. Amen. In peace we pray to you, Lord God, for all people in their daily life and work, for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone, for this community, the nation, and the world, for all who work for justice, freedom, and peace, for the just and proper use of your creation, for the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. For the peace and unity of the Church of God. For all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. For Michael, our presiding bishop. Nicholas, our bishop for all bishops and other ministers, for all who serve God in his church, for the special needs and concerns of this congregation. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Paul and Donna Brown, Jerry and Peggy Brunetto, Steve and Barbara Bucci. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for St. Augustine's Kingston. Hear us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King. We pray for all who have died, especially Betty Vincent, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. O Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. 
In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls. And to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. You, you can all sit down. Good morning. My name's Joe. <laughs> I'm not that fancy. Uh, Ron Cowie, uh, your senior warden, and I have the morning announcements, or whatever you want to call them. And these are from the ENIT, but it's also kind of fun. Uh, so June 14th is our picnic dinner on the lawn. We're going to have some like oven roasted chicken, pressed vegetables, some vegetarian dishes, a nice salad. I'm really looking forward to that. I think we do dinner parties really well here. And all are welcome. Bring a friend if you want. This isn't like an evangelizing thing where we're, you know, we're gonna corner anybody. This is just to sit down, have some dinner, BYOB, and just do your thing. Uh, six o'clock on the lawn, June 14th. And also, uh, sooner than that, May 31st, the United Against Hate Workshop, uh, which will be held at the Prout School Auditorium from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. on May 31st, um, which is sponsored by, in collaboration with the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of South County and the Tri-County Community Action Agency. Pleased to invite United Against Hate. And that's, that's kind of what the sermon we just heard this morning was about like how do you put that into action and how do you learn more um, about how to be a good human being in the world. Um, and also, June 25th, the bishop is coming. The bishop is coming. The bishop is coming. Um, and it's, you know, even though the picture in the email, he seems kind of glum, uh, he's a really great guy. And if you haven't had the chance to meet him, he is really bright and engaging, and he's our bishop, so why not? And the, he's coming to receive, anyone who wants to be received in the Episcopal Church uh, gets to do it then, and that'll be fun. That's all I got. Uh, also, oh, but also, just as an aside, the uh, flowers for the altar, if you want to memorialize someone or have a Thanksgiving, and also the, um, the kindergarten or the preschool is still open enrollment. Do that and the summer parking passes I haven't gotten a ticket yet I feel lucky um, if you have that issue we do have summer parking passes you just put them in the hood of the car and that keeps the cops away for about an hour all right thank you thank you Ron uh, you do know the bishop does listen to this recording oh. <laughs>
Just one last announcement. I've had a couple of people inform me that they have a hard time hearing me on Sunday morning. Uh, if that is your case as well, that feedback is helpful, but what is not helpful is I can't hear you. What? Yeah. <laughs> because I can't figure out where the problem is. So I do ask if you have instances where you cannot hear me, you have a booklet, mark in the booklet, it'll give me a sense of is it consistent with where I am standing? If it is something where I'm dropping my voice, mark that so that it gives me feedback as to what the exact problem is, and then we can begin to work on that. So again, if someone says to you, I can't hear Father Craig, the answer is, we are aware. Figure out when and how that takes place, and let him know exactly when you can't hear him. The other thing to advise them too, sit up closer to the front if you sit in the back. Okay. And I've also been told if you haven't had your hearing aid um, tuned or fine-tuned in three years, you might need to do that as well. So let's all take responsibility together on this one. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
Christ our Lord. After his glorious resurrection, he openly appeared to his disciples, and in their sight he ascended into heaven to prepare a place for us, that where he is, there we might also be, and reign with him in glory. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. And gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross, and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, 
which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. The God of peace, who brought us again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn 494.
go forth into the world rejoicing in the Spirit. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, 